Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon text is the OT Old Testament reading. You may be seated. In the name of Jesus, Amen. J.B. John the Baptist sits in a dungeon of disillusionment, debating whether Jesus is a deep, deep, deep disappointment. Yeah, King Herod has tossed J.B. John the Baptist in the slammer, and uh, his baptizing days, well, they're over. Uh, no surprise, I mean, his uh, little parish on the banks of the Jordan River, Wilderness First Congregation, was going to close its doors anyway. I mean, the whole point of J.B.'s ministry was to prepare for, was to prepare for, was to prepare for Jesus. Jesus. O come, O come, Emmanuel, Savior of the nations, come. He's here. He is finally here. But uh, as uh, J.B. is scrolling through his Twitter feed, uh, the stuff he's hearing about Jesus ain't jiving with his expectations. I mean, in his pulpit at Wilderness First, John the Baptist, J.B., preached that the Messiah would come with a winnowing fork in his hand to separate the faithers and the phonies. But uh, the Jesus he's hearing about? Oh, he has a fork in his hand all right, and he's using it to wine and dine party time excellent with sinners. J.B., John the Baptist, he, he called out the religious elite, saying, you brood of vipers. But this Jesus that he's hearing about is telling folks, his followers, to pray for their enemies. J.B., John the Baptist, was a fire and brimstone man but this Jesus that he's hearing about is a gentle man, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the merciful, blessed are the meek. What in Sam heck is going on? That's what J.B. John the Baptist is thinking as he sits in the slammer. Well, it's worse than that, isn't it? John the Baptist, sitting, sighing, sulking, in a dungeon of disillusionment. Did I put my chips on the wrong guy? Were my preacher days just a huge waste of time? Was, was my parish, wilderness first, a big, fat joke? These are the questions running through J.B.'s mind, right? And he wants answers. And so he sends his followers, his disciples, to Jesus to ask that Matthew 11 to question, Are you the one who is to come? Or shall we look for another? Have we ever sat in a dungeon of disillusionment and with darkened hearts asked this question? Jesus, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? The news, I mean, pumping out story after story, stories 
of hatred and racism in America, stories of hunger and poverty in Midland, Bay City, Saginaw, stories of pride and greed being rewarded in government and Big Pharma, stories of war and destruction between Ukraine and Russia. Jesus, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? The guy who wounded me is walking around with such glee while I'm bleeding out emotionally. Jesus, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? The guilt, the shame, harasses and hounds, weighing us down, making us feel like a thousand pounds. Jesus, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? The demands of life, pulling us in all different directions, here, there, and everywhere, making us feel like silly putty about to snap, rip, tear. Jesus, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? We pray and pray and pray, but our loved one is just wasting away. Jesus, are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? I think we have all been in JB's flippy floppies. We have been like JB, John the Baptist, sitting, sighing, sulking, in a dungeon of disillusionment. Life is not what we had hoped for. Barren, broken, bleeding, bruised, burdened, buried. Our faces planted in the palms of our hands, fearful, anxious, guilty, so full of shame, doubting, despairing, dying. Jesus. And our expectations? For Jesus, ain't panning out. O come, O come, Emmanuel, more like O dumb, O dumb, Emmanuel. He ain't meeting our expectations, deep disappointment, huge letdown. Should we look for another? Nope. 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 Jesus doesn't let J.B. question the Messiah mission. And he doesn't let us do that either. He answers J.B.'s question, and he uses scripture. I mean, how uh, Jesus of him, right? <laughs> Using the Bible. Oh, Jesus. Matthew chapter 11, verses 4 through 6. Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up. And the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended, scandalized by me. Yes, you, you are blessed. You who are not tripped up by Jesus, for he is the one and only. The search is over. He is the one. He is the Messiah. The signs are there. Not revolutionary. No razzle-dazzle. Do you see them? 
Do you see them? Here in this wilderness world, <coughs> resurrection has begun to bloom all around us in teeny tiny small ways. For Jesus is with us to walk each and every one of us out of that personal dungeon all the way home to that new Eden, Paradise 2.0, the new heavens and the new earth. And, and Prophet Isaiah in the OT reading gives us a picture of this new Eden that's a comment right around, right around, right around the last day corner. Check it out. Verses 1 and 2. The wilderness of the OT reading. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord. The majesty of our God. The days for this wilderness world are numbered, folks. They're numbered. They're numbered. Bombs and bullets, counselors and psychiatrists, violence and war, oil spills and smog, bullets and bombs, funeral homes and cemeteries, they won't last. They can't last. They absolutely can't last. What is happening before our very eyes is what we will be singing very soon with Christmas. No more let sin and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to bring, he comes to make his blessings flow. As far as the curse is found, as far as Curses found as far as, as the curses found. That was horrible singing by me. <laughs> horrible. The point is, though, that Jesus comes to let his blessings flow as far as the curse is found. The curse canceled in the new creation. Sin is going bye bye, folks. So long, toodles, sayonara. Afeter Saint Chow. Sin is going bye bye. And when that happens on the last day, the rivers, the rocks, the rodents are going to see this majesty, this, this transformation of all of creation at the consummation. And they're going to break out singing joy to the world. Joy to the world with you and me. Paradise lost, paradise restored. We gaining in Jesus way more than we ever lost in Papa Adam. The new Eden is coming. We'll get there. No one here is stuck. All of us on the way, on the move, on the go. All because of Jesus. Jesus pays for and paves that path out of prison into paradise with his own passion so that the ransomed and the redeemed of the Lord rejoice on that road to the resurrection. See, our God doesn't leave us all by our lonesome to despair, to doubt, to die in the dungeon of, di 
of, di of di disillusionment. There we go. Prophet Isaiah is quite the cheerleader in our text. Verses 3 and 4. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. No need to fear when our God is near, for he comes to make all that's wrong right and will wipe away every single tear. Like Joshua in the OT, leading Israel into the promised land, our God comes to us, the greater Joshua, and he leads us into a land, a greater promised land, a land that can't ever be taken away from us, a land that we will enjoy forever. Yeah, real estate that we will enjoy forever. And this God has already come. The wait is over. The journey home has begun. And we know this because J.C. quotes the Bible, Isaiah 35, to J.B. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. Shall we look for another? And Jesus' big fat answer is no. 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 Looky, looky at Mimi. That's what Jesus is saying here, quoting Isaiah 35. It's about him. Looky, looky at Mimi. That's what he's telling JB. It's what he's telling all of us. The calling card for the Messiah is right there. It's all there. The mute speak, the deaf hear, the the lame leap like deer. The dead are raised. The poor have, have good news preached to them. The calling card of the Messiah, it, it, it's all there. It's all there. Wherever Jesus goes, turning curses into blessings. Silence into song. Death into life. Just as the prophet Isaiah expected. Verses 6 and 7. For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. What a reversal! Jesus comes and he throws absolutely everything in reverse. He tracks us down, and he turns us around. Uh, not the Michigan U-turn sort of way, okay? This is the Messiah U-turn, okay? This is the best U-turn in the cosmos, the universe, okay? And there is no dungeon too dark. No wilderness too stark for this Jesus. I mean, he goes deeper. He goes deeper into the dungeon, deeper into the wilderness than any of us will ever go. And he does that where? He does that where? He does that where? He does that where? He do the cross! The Friday we call good! Surrounded by bloodthirsty hounds of hell! Saddled with the world's sin! 
and our hellacious death, our hellacious death, shouldering all of our problems, every one of our needs. And it does him in. It does him in. Crushed and hushed, lifeless and limp, he dies. He's buried. But this is all part of a cosmic building plan. A road project, if you will. A road project that uh, MDOT could never pull off. This is, this, this, this is the real MDOT, the Messiah Department of Transportation, okay? Yeah, oh yeah. Jesus with his hard hat on. It's all part of that plan. And Prophet Isaiah gives us the blueprints for this road. Here Isaiah chapter 35. He says, And a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come up on it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. No longer plans on a piece of blue paper. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Jesus climbs out of the grave, out of the grave, and the road home he does pave. The holy highway is open to us all. And Jesus paid the toll for you and me with his own precious blood, with, with his life. He gave everything to pay this toll. More than that, more than that, he purchased and won us. We are, we are his. We belong to him. We are no longer orphans. We are his blood-bought brothers and sisters. And big brother Jesus comes to us right, we, right where we're at. He comes to us and he leads you and me out of, out of whatever personal dungeon, personal prison that we're dealing with. Through this wilderness world, onward and upward, into the new Eden, the new heavens, the new earth, paradise 2.0, baby. How can we not press on with joy? That's why I'm wearing pink today. Pink, rose, joy, joy-filled colors. This is Rejoice Sunday. How can we not press on with joy? The light's on. The door is open. You got a room, a room in the heavenly mansion with your name on it. And the father is standing at the front porch, just you know, grinning from ear to ear. So tickled with you and with me. So delighted in us. Because we're his. And he's not by himself on that, on that front porch. Standing with him are many, many anxiously awaiting our arrival. Home beckons. And we travel this road home, not by our lonesome, not by ourselves, but with one another, our fellow blood-bought brothers and sisters. How cool is that? And this pilgrim throng got a little bigger today. Yeah, a little bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little bigger, huh? 
two more pilgrims joined us on this on this journey home, right? Dear Scarlet, dear Ella, with three waves of promise, Scarlet and Ella were washed onto this holy highway, joining us, holy band of brothers and sisters. Only an upward trajectory for us here at GLC. Allison, Donovan, Carly. What encouragement you will get to offer now, dear precious Scarlet, dear precious Emma. Such encouragement. Whenever they are down and out, whenever they are disappointed, dejected, doubting, despairing, whenever they feel like they're locked up in prison, key thrown away, you will get to say what Prophet Isaiah told all of us this morning in the OT reading. Be strong, fear not. Be strong, fear not. Why? Who is with them now? And always, Jesus. Yeah, he's with them. Every step of the way. And so our motto is Jesus lead thou on. They're not stuck. No one here is ever stuck. Every single second of every single day is one second closer to home. And that's why Pastor Paul had so much joy, joy, joy down in his heart. That's why he could say from prison these words from Philippians 4, which we've been saying quite a bit, by the way. Rejoice in the Lord sometimes when I feel like it, when things are going my way. No, always rejoice in the Lord. Always. Again, I will say rejoice. How could Pastor Paul have joy, joy, joy down in his heart while having shackles around his neck and his wrist and his ankles? Because he knew even sitting in prison, he was on the holy Highway, on the go, on the move, on the way. And that's true for all of us here at, G at GLC. All of us. We're on the go, on the move, on the way. What an adventure. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Enough. What an adventure here at, at GLC with resurrection blooming all around us as we sing, skip, shout, and pray on the Lord's holy highway to that eternal Easter day. Alleluia. Jesus, he's with us. And because he's with us, the landscape along the holy highway is lush and lavish. We are beginning to see glimpses of this resurrection glory already here on planet Earth. It's beautiful. The resurrection, already blooming all around us. Do you see it? Teeny tiny, I know. Often imperceptible, I know. Easy to miss, I know. But do you see it? It's there. Do you see it? The daddy staying up through the night with a sick child. The family bringing the kiddos to church and Sunday school. 
an old-time GLCer inviting newbies huh, to, to their house for, you know, games, din-din, to get to know them. People beginning to feel a sense of belonging at 303 Root Street. Bibles shipped around the world, clothes passed out at the closet, meals shared at Food of Faith, sins confessed and forgiven. A GLCer asking another GLCer, Oh, how are you really doing? How are you really doing? You have my ear. Shoulders given to cry on. A shut-in praying for her family, her friends, her nation, her congregation. A member enduring suffering with patience. A member dying trusting in Jesus. Do you see the signs of Easter on the holy highway? We are well on our way home, dear friends. Well on our way home. This is beautiful. This is for real. This is joy. This is grace. This is who we are. <coughs> the adventure has only begun. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.